For the third year and counting, Richard Skipper has been celebrating the artists you love. Richard Skipper is all about celebrating life, art, and his guest body of work. Please join us while he showcases these diverse and talented individuals. Here's Richard Skipper. Happy Monday, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Richard Skipper Celebrates. Who or what are you celebrating today? First of all, I'd like to celebrate my sister and my brothers because today is National Brothers and Sisters Day. I'd also like to celebrate my brothers and sisters who are not blood related because I believe that we are all related, whether you think so or not. And no matter what you say or do, we are all connected to one another. No matter what's going on on the other side of the planet, we are all connected. And I am very excited about what we're going to be celebrating tonight because we're going to be celebrating one of my favorite places on the planet, and that's Provincetown. I'll never forget the first time that I went to Provincetown. Uh, it was in my late 20s, and uh, I was dating someone at the time, and it was the first time that I had ever gone away with someone that I really cared about. And so I took the bus uh, to Provincetown, Hyannisport, and then on to uh, Provincetown. And I got off the bus right in the midst of Carnival, which is a crazy time to arrive in Provincetown. And I remember stepping off the bus right in front of Cafe Blase. Uh, the restaurant is still there, but it's no longer, it's called the patio now. But at that time it was Cafe Blase and it had these huge Japanese lanterns. And it was just this magical uh, land that I had never experienced anything like before. And for the next seven nights, I went to shows and restaurants and days on the beach and everything. It's magical Cape Cod, and it is the most incredible place in the world. And for those of you who have been to Provincetown, you know what it's like. For those artists who have performed in Provincetown, there's nothing like it. After going to Provincetown that first time, I always had a dream of performing in Provincetown, and I'm happy to say I had that opportunity on more than one occasion, and it was always a magical time for me. So yesterday, I was on Facebook, as I am wont to do from time to time, and I see a posting from Jack Kelly. And Jack Kelly posted about his upcoming season that's coming up uh, at the Post Office Cafe. And he was writing about someone that I happen to love very much, and that's John McDaniel. And John McDaniel is going to be appearing uh, for several weeks this summer in a Broadway series, bringing along uh, one of my favorite people, of course, and that's Leroy Reams, who was here yesterday at my home uh, for brunch, celebrating my husband's birthday. And we were talking about uh, how magical and how exciting Provincetown is. And Jack, God bless you, you're there year round. So I wanna, first of all, say welcome to the show. Uh, and beyond the Post Office Cafe, Provincetown, who or what are you celebrating today? Hmm, today, well, now that you told me it was brother and sister day, then I guess I'll celebrate my siblings. <laughs> <laughs> You don't have to, but it's a nice start. Well, since you brought it up, I think it's probably a great start, right? <laughs> and celebrating, it's a beautiful day in Provincetown. So it was, you know, you can hear the uh, the saws going and the, you see the painters painting. And it's that time of year that you see all the construction happening and the, the lights are on in buildings that weren't on. And, you know, all that stuff is happening, which is a fabulous time of year here. Oh, there must be this excitement. It's like, it, it, it must be almost that excitement of like a new show opening. Totally. And it's very much, you know, the excitement of uh, new beginnings, uh, new possibilities and everything. It was just a couple of years ago that there was the possibility. I think the post office cafe was closed for a while. It was. You and your husband came in and you bought it and you, because it, it meant something to you. What exactly did the post office cafe mean to you personally? Well, it's been there for so long, over 50 years. And just, I've, se I've seen many shows there. I had many breakfasts, lunch there. Um, it's just, it's an institution there. It's part of, it's part of the, the, the makeup of Commercial Street. It's almost dead center. 
you know, ground zero of, of Provincetown Commercial Street. And it's just been there forever. And the thought of it, you know, when it didn't open, it didn't open because of COVID. So that whole year, a lot of places didn't, as we know. And um, it wasn't a, I shouldn't say it wasn't a big deal, but it was almost not unusual for it not to open because of COVID. Well, so, let's back up for a moment. It was a big deal. It was a big deal, but we thought next year it's going to reopen. You know, so it, it was a big deal, but meaning that we weren't concerned of it not being there next year once COVID is gone. So it wasn't like we were worried about it. It's been there for so long that it was just going to come back. They were just taking a little brief time to, you know, to get through COVID and then they'll be back to normal the next year. You know, that's what we all thought about everybody, you know. So when it when it went up for sale, we were all shocked. And, and you know, me and my husband talked about it for about 10 seconds. <laughs> Well, you know, I was, reading, I was reading an interesting article this morning, and in, in this article, it was talking about the things that are part of our lives right now. Mm-hmm. And it just think about this for just a moment, Jack. Things that matter to us, whether it be people in our lives, pets, material things, and just imagine that 20 years from now, those things may not be here. Mm-hmm. Just drink that in for just a moment. And as I was reading this article, I began to get misty-eyed because I was thinking about the people in my life that were here 20 years ago that are no longer here, people that I took vacations with, um, the person that I talked about, that my first, that boyfriend that I went to Provincetown is no longer here, Uh, people that I've celebrated, shows, uh, performers, entertainers that I saw in Provincetown that are no longer there. Cafe Blase, even though it's a new restaurant now, that's no longer there. And so these things that we take for granted on a daily basis, I end my shows by telling everyone to reach out for those people because they may not be here tomorrow. Um, I think it's important that we do celebrate these things and not take it for granted that they will open next year or that they will be here. And I think it's important that we take the time to celebrate these every day. I agree. I agree. So that idea of the possibility that it could not be there, can you imagine that it could not have been there? No, no. I, I, and it's funny because um, anything could have happened. It could have turned into condos. It could have turned into to a, a clothes store, which would be fine. But it, it absolutely could have turned into anything. And there were people that were looking at it there. We're going to, we're going to make it different and, and not be the same. We had full intention of keeping it exactly what it was before those reasons that it was just too important to me and my husband, Paul, that it, it stayed what it was, you know, with a little bit of a facelift as we all could use once in a while. And, um, but keep the, the breakfast, lunch, and dinner, keep the cabaret room upstairs, keep the music downstairs, you know, during the summer. We we basically wanted it to stay the way it was because it was just, it's just too important to the town. It really is. Well, you, you know, there used to be a, a game show called You Bet Your Life uh, with Groucho Marx. Mm-hmm. And if you said the magic word, uh, a duck would come out of the ceiling. Right. Well, you just said the magic word. And the magic word was making a difference. And that's the give- word for tonight's giveaway. And you're going to pull up your mug. We're going to virtually toast each other. And I have a Richard Skipper Celebrates mug. This is one of my older ones. And you have yours. Yep. And we are both going to give away a mug to a lucky winner tonight. All you need to do is comment with hashtag making a difference. And make sure you hashtag making a difference uh, completely written out. If you have any comments, questions, suggestions for either Jack or myself, just put them in the comment section and we will see this. Um, I will let you know, sometimes it's best to comment through YouTube because if your privacy settings are set on just friends or uh, private on on Facebook, sometimes those will not show up here. So just so that you're aware uh, that that could deter you from winning tonight. So just to let you know that. So Jack, I, I'm going to go back. I always like to begin my shows with a random question. Uh, it's a question that I don't even look at before the show starts. And my random question for you tonight is, what activity or sport did you try as a kid and fail at? Hockey. <laughs> <laughs> did you really? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. I was awful. I hated it, but I continued to play. As a matter of fact, a small story, if I could, um, 
my father passed away when I was in eighth grade. I'm sorry. And I, I don't mean to laugh at that, um, but I tried to quit playing hockey as an excuse because he passed away in eighth grade. I came up with, I can't play anymore. I have nowhere to get there. My hockey coach said, I'll come pick you up. My family can't afford to pay for the hockey. You don't have to pay for it. I'm like, God damn. How do I get <laughs> <laughs> one you can't get away from it. six years. And it was a fluke. I just like hit it as hard as I could. And it, it just went in. It was, <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God>. time. <laughs> now, how did you get into hockey? Was it something that your parents wanted you to do or? Um, no, one of my, my best friend played and he lived across the street and it was like, all right, I guess I'm playing just because I was in seventh grade and that's what you did. You know, <laughs> once I started, I hated it. <laughs> Where did you grow up? Quincy, Quincy Masks. Oh, okay. And I performed in Quincy, so I know it well, but how, I mean, how did you, I mean, first of all, um, did you, as a kid, did you grow up going to Provincetown? Obviously you didn't live that far from Provincetown. No, I know. I went once with my aunt and uncle and my cousins and, um, I was probably ninth grade, I'm guessing ninth or 10th grade. And I remember thinking that it was unusual. Mm-hmm. I remember feeling comfortable that it was, can't explain why I felt that way. Don't, but I remember succinctly getting ice cream and just walking commercial street going, Hmm, this feels because I saw men, you know, holding hands and, yeah. you know, it was so that was probably 70, not, you know, 68, 69, 70. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, so, for me, like I said, it was much, much later. Uh, this was in the late 80s, probably around. Well, it was it was 1987, uh, 88 that I was there for the first time. And uh and again, it was, I mean, again, stepping off that bus for the first time and being there, I remember going to see Jimmy James yeah. uh, when he was performing as Marilyn Monroe, yeah. uh, Big Ed. Do you remember Big Ed? Yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, it, I mean, there were just so many incredible performers. And I, was, and I remember sitting there in the, uh, there was also an incredible entertainer named Randy Allen. Do you remember him? He did a show called P.S. Betty Davis. And the P.S. Stand, uh, stood for post-stroke Betty Davis. And he did a brilliant uh, tribute to Betty Davis uh, oh, wow. after the stroke. It was on the money. And it was touching and moving. And I remember just sitting there saying, this is what I want to be a part of. I wanted so much. And when I got that first opportunity Years later, the, it was one of the very first cabaret fest when oh. John O'Neill yeah. uh, was doing them. Uh, I came to Provincetown and I was the headliner at, uh, at the Crown and Anchor. Wow. And that was one of the biggest thrills of my life. Wow. So how many years after that did it happen that you ended up, um, was it, your partner, your husband coming into your life that you two moved to Provincetown? I had moved by myself. I'm, um, I had just split up with my my first husband of 21 years and I was selling liquor for a living and I had, Pete Town was part of my territory. So I ended up, we sold our house in Hull and I decided, oh, I'll just go to Pete Town and if I don't like it, I'll move back. And that was 13 years ago and here I am. And then I met my husband, Paul, two years after I was in Pete Town. So me and Paul have been together 10 years now. I have a question from one of our viewers, Danielle. Danielle, I'm glad you're here. I love uh, Danielle so much. And Danielle says that she would like to know, uh, and this is going to probably be a difficult question. Maybe not, uh, because uh, it's like naming one of your favorite children. Uh, but do you have a favorite performance performer uh, since taking over the club? Oh, there are so many, but I'm not going to lie. One, two, God, two pop into mind. I don't know if I can say it though. That's not really fair. You know? Well, um, to the, uh, uh, well, let's talk about performances that stand out, special nights that stand okay. out for you. So probably the, the one that stands out the most would have been, been the first one, which was July 4th weekend. The opening of the cabaret room was Debbie Holiday and Del Shores. They opened it. So that excitement, that anxiety, that, that thrill that it was happening, scared as well. 
so that that stands out because I I didn't know what I was doing to be quite frank. I had never. I mean, I've been in restaurants and I had Tim Pan Alley, my other restaurant, for nine years. So I was used to, to piano bar, but not ticketed events, not you know, a uh, hundred seats cabaret room. So they stood out and they were just so generous with their, with um, being so kind to me and helping me through it. And Del Shores, I'm, I know, you know, Del, great. Oh, and, I love Del. Sorted lives. I mean, it just. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a great guy. So that probably stands out because it was the opening night and I didn't know them and I knew of them and I knew that they were like, you know, on a, on a level that I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe I have Del Shores in my building and Debbie holiday. So probably that just because of the excitement of it all. And after it was over, I thought to myself, I, I can do this. This is going to be, this is going to be okay. I'm going to be all right. So that would probably be it because of the, the opening night of it all. Now I'm all about celebrating. So I, I want to be respectful here, but uh, the, there's the flip side of this business also. I mean, there are people in this business, there could be divas, there could yeah. be divos, there could be situations because of uh, nerves or expectations or something. Has there been a, an experience where somebody came along and they didn't live up to the expectations of the situation and don't name names, please Never. don't name names, but somebody who did not live up to the expectations of what you were expecting when they came there. And if so, how do you get through something like that? Um, yes, uh, there was, there are a couple, um, but surprisingly for the most part, everyone's been just fabulous, but you know what? Um, what I realized was the main thing is my core people and my 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 staff, including wait staff, bartenders, bus people. The best, I will say, uh, I, uh, kudos to them. Exactly. And um, what happens to them matters more than what happens to me. If you want to yell at me, you can yell at me. And if you if we have issues, we can work them out. But once that line is crossed of of, of bullying staff, I just stopped. I, I just you know you just have to. I just put an end to it. And um, and 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 we we just potted ways, if you will. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it was hard, but it was easy, if that makes sense. Because once it was over, that relief of, of that my staff was not being mistreated any longer was way more important than than any person's name, no matter who it may be. And, and, and you know, my bus person and my, you know, my waiter is way more important than having a headliner that is going to pack the house. I'd rather be empty. God bless you for that. Well, I will say this. When we were there last year and we had our uh, puppy with us uh, and you invited us in and you said, well, bring your dog with you because, I mean, we just happened to be eating outside. Yeah. And do you remember this? Yes. And you said, well, you know, bring it. And we, we had never been. Uh, I mean, this was all new to us because we'd been uh, basically quarantining for uh, the last year and a half. And we had this new puppy that had never been anywhere. We didn't know how he was going to react. Uh, and we so we said, we'll sit all the way in the back. And if he overreacts or anything, we'll leave. And he didn't make a sound. He just <laughs> sat on my lap watching the shows. You were louder than him. What was that? I said, you were louder than him. I was louder than him because I was, <laughs> I was so excited to be back in a live venue again. Oh. Um, so... You obviously, uh, even though you have this, uh, you started out in the liquor business, actually, probably never thinking in a million years that you would be rubbing elbows with entertainers. No, never. I mean, my, I had a first, my first restaurant when I was, I was 29 years old when I opened my first restaurant. And then um, when I sold it, I got out of it completely for a long time and was selling liquor. But when I got... I had decided I was going to open Tin Pan Alley, not knowing it was going to be that name, but I always envisioned and dreamt of a restaurant with live music every night that people could have a nice time, piano bar atmosphere, delicious food, and that everyone would get along together by the atmosphere that we created by hiring the right staff. So that was always my vision and dream. And I had the Tin Pan Alley is in its ninth year now, but never did I think Post Office Cabaret would ever, that wasn't on my radar whatsoever. You know, so no, I would never 
week. I say it today when I was talking talking to a friend of mine that I was going to be chatting with you tonight. I was like, I, I can't even believe that this is all happening. <laughs> <laughs> but, but well, I, I appreciate the fact that you're here. But is there anyone I, I did anything? I mean, obviously doing Tin Pan Alley. And I'll give a big shout out to Bob Egan, who's been on this show, who I oh. love, love, love. Uh, yeah. Bob Egan uh, is, to me, uh, the bar uh, with uh, Piano Bar uh, Entertainment. Uh, has anyone um, did did that prepare you for the work that you're doing now in terms of being? It, it's one thing to run a club, um, and it's a whole different ball of wax to also be a booking manager. Mm -hmm. uh, so, did that prepare you for this? Yeah, somewhat, somewhat, but it's still a, another a whole level. Um, to be quite frank, when when we bought it, and I, you know, someone said you should hire a booking agent, and 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 I have uh, Mike Flanagan, who is my musical director that does the bookings, um, but it was me and him together. I just decided I didn't want to hire a booking agent because I wanted to talk to the Debbie Holiday, the Del Shores, the Melissa Manchester's personally, and and it worked. I just mm -hmm. I was on the phone for like with Del for like forty five minutes. We didn't even know each other, but I just said I don't know what I'm doing. I'm going to be honest. Tell me if I'm doing something wrong. I want to get through this. With, I want to be part of this. I don't want to. I don't want to do. If, if I if I'm over my head, then I'll I'll someone can throw me a life preserver. But for now, I really want to be in it and be part of it. And and I think that's really what kind of helped because I think people appreciated my honesty. To be honest with you, you know, even with uh, Debbie Holiday when I talked to her she saw that she was in the province town magazine and she said jack 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 i don't care that i'm in the magazine but you shouldn't put it anyone in the magazine till the contracts are signed and i said oh my god she goes, oh i don't care i'm telling you for future so that you don't get in trouble with somebody so I, it was a learning process of small little things but everyone was so generous and in, in, in understanding that i didn't know and and i was honest up front saying Tell well, me yeah, I, well, I do appreciate your honesty. I mean, but what is the biggest learning curve that you've had to get over besides learning things uh, such as, and, and, and we of course are now in an age with COVID where mm. anything and everything changes on a dime. Right. People right. buy tickets for a Broadway show only to show up to find out that the show's not going on that night. Right. So everybody be patient. That's all I say. Just yeah. go with the flow these days. Yeah. And, and I think that's what one of the biggest learning things was, was just to be ready to, to turn, to, 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 to redirect, to, and stay calm about it as well. Like we're all in it together. So if, you know, unfortunately, um, I don't know if you remember, but P-Town got hit last summer. With oh, the, with, when with we the, were there. We were there. Exactly. And um, so there was a lot of, you know, turning and, and, and bobbing and weaving and trying to figure it all out. And, and unfortunately when that happened, P-Town basically looked like February. I mean, there was nobody on the streets. It was awful, but all of these people that had decided to come and perform, um, some of them canceled and rightly so, because they weren't comfortable, but some of them that stayed and performed were performing to 10 and 12 people and, because there was nobody there. And, and, but they were doing it and, and we were just going, we just did it together. We all just talked about it and figured it out and, and said, if you're not comfortable, we'll cancel your show. If you still want to do it, you can do it. And, um, you know, Donna Vivino was one of them that got hit right. She was in it when it, when it really, um, collapsed and she was performing for 10 and 12 people. And, um, and I'll never forget, I said, I'm, I felt responsible, even though I'm not, but I still felt like, oh my God, Donna, I'm sorry, this is happening. And um, she said, you know what? I haven't performed in over a year and a half. I got to put my makeup on, hmm. I got to put my dress on. I got to stand in front of a microphone. I haven't sung in over a year and a half. And I was scared. It could have been 200 people at 10. It was just beautiful to just, to stand in a spotlight. And, and she thanked me and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> there's, a, there's a certain type of uh, a mentality, I guess is the right word, uh, that it takes to be an entertainer uh, in Provincetown, because it's not just walking out there and doing a show. Uh, you have to work your took us off yep. uh, in that town to get an audience to come in and see you. Yep. And on any given night, there's so much going on. So much. But you book yourself to come in and you hope that, you know, the gods are going to be on your side. And but even with that going on, 
uh, you know, I don't know what it's like now, uh, but I can only speak for what my experience was. The support from the other performers in town is unbelievably supportive. Yep. It totally is. And, uh, you know, uh, New York City could learn a lesson from that. I mean, in the New York City cabaret scene, I just felt that uh, in the uh, Provincetown, uh, maybe it's the the ocean air, I don't know, but everyone is uh, supportive of each other. Mm -hmm. Yep, pretty much. It really is, you know. I don't know if it's just that it's such a small town and we all know each other or if it's just that um, I think everyone knows how hard it is. So if you work together, you know, then it will it all pans out. You know, there's a great song in Great Gardens and the song is Another Winter in a Summer Town. So and I grew up in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and I worked in an amusement park. And there's a melancholy when Labor Day comes around. And you realize that everything's starting to shut down and everything. Um, I actually performed in Provincetown at Halloween, a great time to be there. Um, Christmas was a great time to be there. But do you feel that melancholy at the end of the summer when everything starts to slow down? Or do you just embrace all the seasons? Um, Yeah, I do get melancholy. It's almost like I just said about today with the the excitement of the painting and the, and the, the saws going and, and structures being refixed and windows being put in. That's exciting. But it, and you're right. And then Labor Day comes and it's like, how did it happen so fast? Where did it go? It's almost over. So it is melancholy. It, it, it's somewhat of a relief too, that you've made it through another season and that you're almost coasting now because, you know, September is really busy too in October, but it's a different vibe of like, Oh my God, it's, it's, it's another season is finished, you know, and, and, and complete. So yeah, it's, it's a roller coaster of emotions every year. Like, you know, the melancholy definitely kicks in and after Labor Day, like, oh, my God, it's, you know. Well, let's talk about another layer that comes in from time to time. And I was there, uh, my husband and I, we, our first vacation together, we were in Provincetown when Hurricane Bob came through. Oh, yeah. And it was a direct hit. And yeah. so how, how many hurricanes have you personally lived through in Provincetown? I haven't done any hurricanes in 12 years, but I've done two major um, uh, Northeasters that we lost power for, you know, two, three days. So I've done the Northeaster, but I, I mean, I was in Quincy during Hurricane Bob. No, it didn't hit us as bad as P-Town, but, mm-hmm. um, but I wasn't, I have never gone through a hurricane at all. You know, just, just major snowstorms. So as you're putting together a season, mm-hmm. uh, when does your preparation start? Oh God, I'm already starting for next year to be quite frank. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because me and Mike Flanagan that d- helps do the bookings with us, we're, we're like, I'd say 85 to probably even higher, 90% done for this season. Um, we have some openings in September and October that we purposely keep because we want to, you know, um, hold them. By the in- way, I got a couple of names for you. There's interest. There's Yes, yes, yes. I, I mentioned it to them yesterday and there's interest. So oh. I just want to let you know. Uh, but uh, when you are putting the season together, I'm I, I'm thinking because, you know, there are there are several venues in town uh, and each venue probably has their list of their entertainers. Totally. Um, so do, does it ever get uh, jumbled up if a certain venue cannot get a certain performer that they would probably reach out to other performers. Uh, is there a code of ethics that works uh, or how do you all work in conjunction with each other in such a small uh, tight knit community? Um, well, it's funny. I think, I think everyone kind of just does their own thing. And and if they have no room, they might call and say, Hey, do you have room in, July for so-and-so. And And if you do, you do, if you don't, you don't. But I think everyone kind of stays in their own lane focused booking wise. You know, I mean, we're blessed. I mean, last year we had a lot of people that are coming back this year that approached us already at the end of last year and came back to come back. Um, And, you know, we have a, you know, a lot of phenomenal drag performance this year. We have Edie come in and Randy Roberts come oh, in. Let, let's, let's back up for a moment. Let's talk, let's talk about some of the entertainers that you have coming oh, in. Oh, my let's God. Focus, so let's talk, let's yeah. celebrate these entertainers. Yeah. Let's first of all start with Edie. Oh. I have been a fan of Edie 
since the first time that I saw Edie. Um, for those who don't know who Edie is, describe Edie. Class, gorgeous, classic, kind, humble, uh, everything about her. She's just, she's just, she's like, she's that old school, beautiful, classic. Rockette. Uh, yeah. Oh, rock yeah. 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 She, I mean, incredible dancer, classy entertainer, yeah. uh, yeah. Taylor dancer, all those elements, uh, just absolutely. And Randy Roberts is coming to the, uh, yep. He'll be here all summer as well. And then Paige Turner will be here all summer. And then Anita Cocktail is our, our mother, of course. She is the, you know, she's the house manager and Michael Steers is the Michael and slash Anita. Um, of the manager of the club upstairs. Um, and um, and now, so I haven't been backstage. Do you have enough space backstage for Randy Roberts costumes? There's going to be four of them. I don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> Randy Roberts, uh, Ray, you know, Randy and I uh, headlined together in Atlantic City. Do you know this? Wow, no. Uh, we performed at, uh, 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 should I say it? Trump's Taj Mahal. Uh, we <laughs> <laughs> not there anymore, but we're still around. <laughs> you outlasted them all. <laughs> yes, we did. Uh, so Randy Roberts, God bless him. I, you know, I love Randy Roberts and yep. Paige Turner. We love Paige Turner as well. Yep. So, um, and last year, uh, you had uh, Melissa Manchester, who I love, love, love. Yep. Um, is Melissa Manchester coming back this summer? Not this summer. No, hopefully next summer. Just schedules didn't really work. But that's how I met John McDaniel was because he was playing for Melissa. And I didn't even know him. We just, you know, we hit it off from the minute we met. So let's talk about John McDaniel and the series that he is bringing in this summer. Okay. Yeah. So, um, again, I met him last year because he was he was Melissa Manchester's pianist. But I didn't even know him, to be quite frank. Um, and then it, he's just a, the sweetest man in the world. Yes, absolutely. Um, and um, where they were staying, they were staying at our home, at me and my husband's home. Um, and we had moved out and Melissa had an issue with her TV in her bedroom. So I brought somebody in to, to fix the TV the very next morning. And me and John started chatting because he was sitting right there and we just started making small talk and we just like hit it off. We were just like buds. It was really great. Um, and I love when that happens because it's it, it just it was just it was an hour probably we spent with together. And if I hadn't, if she didn't have a problem with her TV, I probably wouldn't talk to John because they come to the show. It's hi, how are you? You're all set. Yep. Got to do the sound check, whatever. So to have that hour with him, we really got to know each other. And I said, you do have to come back with your, your boyfriend because his boyfriend had never been to Pete town. So I said, in September and October, come and hang out with me and Paul and you can whatever. And they didn't, but, um, but we started a conversation. I said, why don't you, would you, come and do a, you know, he's like, oh my God, I would love to do that. Yes, yes, yes. So he's going to come for the three weeks, September and October, and he's going to stay with me and Paul so we can hang out and catch up and become better friends. And, um, and he just said, who would you like? And I said, you, <laughs> you tell me. And he picked, you know, the three people he picked, which is. Were, um, so if you were to name uh, three things that Provincetown is known for, what would you name? And I'll name the fourth. Um, P town itself, the whole town. Yes. Um, food, mm -hmm. entertainment, mm -hmm. and party. And Swade. And Swade. She's Swade. one of my friends. Swade is watching. So <laughs> I love Swade. Uh, and I adore Swade. We we, yeah. we hang out. She, the first time I've I've known Swain through Mary Callanan is the three of us yeah. all very friends. And she walked into Tim Pan Alley our opening night, and I went over to her and I said, "What are you doing here?" And she goes, "What are you doing here?" And I said, "I own the place." She goes, "You do not." I go, "Yes, I do, Swade." And I went over and I said, "Can you do me a favor? Would you just sing?" Uh, and, and I, after I said it, I said, oh, my God, that was so wrong of me. Because it was my opening night at Tim Pan. And, I, and she said, I couldn't. I said, oh, I know. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have even done that. So I said to her, will you just sing in my ear really quietly just so I have that blessing of your voice in here for the first night? And so she sang a few bars in my ear. And then I, I go over to the bar and chatting with people. All of a sudden, I turn around. She's behind the piano, full-fledged playing and singing. I was like, it's going to be fine. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, Wait. 
Christmas Day. Swade was here in, I, I live in, uh, just uh, in Piermont, New York. And Swade was here uh, for my birthday and sang uh, Over the Rainbow to me. Uh -huh. And I, I lost it. I was in the audience just sobbing. I mean, at, at the end of the show, she just dedicated a song to me and uh -huh. I was a puddle. That was it. That will last me the rest of my life. And Swade, I love you. I love you. I love you. Uh, anyone, if Swade is anywhere, go, go, go. Absolutely. She sang at me and Paul's wedding. She sang at last. She was the last, the last. Mary Callanan sang, Swade sang. It was all a surprise for my husband. And, and she sang at the wedding. It was beautiful. That is absolutely. Hey, she, can sing the, she can sing the yellow pages and it's gorgeous. <laughs> I, absolutely. I, oh, my, oh, me too. Me too. And uh, so is there, um, besides names that we've already mentioned, uh, do you have a Holy Grail interview? I, I mean, interview, listen to me, uh, entertainer that you would love to have uh, uh, perform at the post office? Well, it's tough because, I mean, the performance that I would obviously love, um, it's, it's a small venue. So it's only, you know, it's got 120 seats. So, um, well, I, you know, I believe that there are no boundaries except for the ones that we right. impose. So let's say there are no boundaries and you could just pick, uh, just say, I, I would love to have this entertainer at my venue. Who would that be? Linda Etter. Okay. And what's stopping you from reaching out? Probably my nerves. <laughs> I'm gonna reach. I'm gonna reach out to Linda Etter on your behalf. I've seen her like 15 times. I mean, okay. Is know. there a space for her to be there this summer? I'll throw somebody out. <laughs> I'll have Swade throw somebody out for me. And I'm gonna. Uh, well, this is what's gonna happen. You're going to book Linda Etter, and then one of those nights that she's gonna be there, I'm going to come in and interview her on stage. How's that? All right. <laughs> and everybody that's watching is gonna be there. They get all, anyone that's watching gets half price tickets. <laughs> oh, that's oh, that's wonderful. I'm gonna I'm gonna make I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna make it happen. I'm gonna oh. reach out to Linda Etter tomorrow, and she's gonna be performing at the Post Office Cafe before uh, because see we're gonna make a difference. We're gonna get Linda Etter there. It's going to happen. I know this. Um, so let's talk about making a difference. Mm -hmm. What I because I know that you you know have done so much work on you know uh, you have done work for different charities and everything. Last year, the work that you were doing, you talked about it when you came on uh, one of the roundtable shows uh, shows that we did. Let's talk about some of the work that you're doing in terms of giving back to the community. Um. We do as much as we can. I think it's, I think it's so important. You know, during COVID, we um, were giving free meals every Sunday night for almost a year and a half to entertainers and to um, any hospitality people. Um, we we do a ton for the soup kitchen. Um, and, and as I say that, I hate saying it, but it's just really, really important to Paul and I, especially where it's such a small community, to do as much as we can. We're we're so blessed to have two. Two establishments in such a gorgeous town. I pinch myself sometimes because I just can't even believe that that this is my life now, you know. And um, and I think it's really, really, really important to let to to help people that need help, you know. I mean, you know, we we house most of our staff upstairs at Tim, above Tim Alley. We have other apartments that we've rented, and we charge them minimal fees to live there because they're working for us. Mm -hmm. So you have to. It's just really important to do as much as you possibly can. I don't need, I don't need a lot of money. I never have. I I, I don't need to just have brand new cars and brand new homes and and just keep going and going and going. I at this point I have everything I need. I really do. And and I don't have children to leave money to. So I I want to just keep giving back as much as I can because mm -hmm. it it just it, it just makes me happy. <laughs> it's that easy. It just you know one of my favorite things is when you can do something for somebody and they don't know you did it. You know what I mean? It's like when you can help somebody and they have no where it came from. Most times they know it was you, but if you can actually pull off doing something and they don't know where it came from, that's, you know, it's funny. We, we were donating food to a, a local charity during, um, during COVID besides feeding. And I said to the person in charge of the place, I don't want them to know it's from Tim Pan Alley. 
I, I don't I don't need the recognition. I don't want the recognition. I actually prefer every Friday I'm bringing lunch and 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 just saying it's from it's just a donation. And we did it for about seven weeks because then it started getting busy. We couldn't do it anymore. And that was so much fun to drive away in my car every Friday, knowing that they didn't know where it was coming from. He would meet me in the parking lot so I could pass off the food. <laughs> Jack, many, many years ago, I did a benefit and a major celebrity uh, donated uh, a huge check to the charity mm -hmm. and she did it anonymously. And she said that she did not want people to know who she was, either who gave it because she said that when she, when it was announced that she did this, um, people questioned her motives for doing it. Uh, some people felt that she did it to get her name in the paper. Mm -hmm. That people felt that she was doing it for all the wrong reasons. Exactly. And she said, "Why bring attention to it? I know why I'm doing it." And uh, you know, and it's it's a shame that you know that people will question the motives of it's anything that we are doing. Uh, just accept it, and you know. Well, I, it's funny. Bullies can get away with bullying. People that are, are nice are questioned why they're doing it. And if you say, I just want to, they don't buy it. It's like, no, I'm really doing it because I just want to do it. But a bully can just be nasty and mean. And I'm like, well, that's just, you know. But niceness gets questioned. It's kind of crazy. It, it, you know, it's the craziness of this world that we live in. Uh, yep. Now, I, I want to ask, you know, beyond, you know, all the work that you're doing with both Tin Pan Alley and uh, the Post Office Cafe, do you ever get a chance to just get away from it all? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do. Um, and even if it's uh, me and my husband just went to Vieques, um last minute, we were supposed to go to South Africa and we couldn't because of COVID that got canceled. And we decided when just- When were going to go? When were- we're going to go in January and then South Africa got shut down in December. So we didn't go. My husband and I were supposed to go. We were going to go, you know, Lucy Arnaz was going to go on a cruise and we were, I, I mean, a cruise on a safari. We were going to go with her. Wow. That was last year for my uh, birthday. Now we're scheduled to go, but you know, every like uh, four months, there's a new resurgence of COVID yeah. And a new strain, and God only knows if we'll ever be able to do this. No, I know. Yeah, but even if it's, you know we we might go to New York next weekend, we want to go see a strange loop and um, and um, company. But just going away for two days is all I need, or going to my up to my family's house in Quincy and just you know getting away for a couple of days and seeing them. That's fine with me. You know, well, if you fit it in. Let's try to do lunch or dinner or something while you're here. Yes. You know, just give me a call and uh, or come to my house for dinner. I'm a good cook. All right. Oh, my friends will tell you that. We'll have to interfere. The sound of it, you were always entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> I love to cook. I love, I love, I mean, one of my favorite things in the world. I don't, I mean, I, material things. I'm actually downsizing with things. You know, one of my very best friends uh, passed away um, a few months ago, and I am the executor for her will. And uh, everything's been resolved now, and every uh, that was is all behind us. And now I'm preparing her memorial, but it was such a learning curve for me because there were all these things that I had to get rid of and okay. uh, find homes for and everything. And my advice to everyone who's watching, yourself included, is you know make sure that all of your affairs are in order, but. As I now, especially as I'm looking ahead, um, it's life experiences that I want rather than material things. Yeah. Dinners with my friends, going, you know, seeing a show, being all these things, uh, just enjoying each other's company. Yeah. That's that's what it's all about for me. There's nothing like sitting around a dining room table with friends for three hours and eating and laughing and telling stories. And if they're old friends doing the reminiscing, if they're new friends talking about whatever me and paul do it all the time when we can um we just love to sit around the table cook dinner and, and just feed and people. i'm telling you that you are in, i mean uh this was a few years ago uh we had a dinner here and leroy reams and his husband bob who has since passed away um beth fowler and her husband jack um we sat down to dinner at seven o'clock and at uh one o'clock in the morning yeah. Bob said, I've got to go home. <laughs> <laughs> we laughed and laughed and laughed. 
It's nothing it like it's great. Yeah. So as we wind up, this is my homage uh, to Inside the Actors Studio with James Lipton. I've got some random questions I'm going to ask just to give people uh, a broader spectrum of you. And uh, so let's have a little fun with this. And the first question is, when it comes to your career, all of this, what's the biggest single result that you desire to have uh, before this year ends? Just to see people walk out of the cabaret room thanking me and happy and enjoying the shows. It's, it's like I stand at that door every night after the show just to witness how happy they are and how great. And it's not even that they're thanking me. I just love to hear them just – there's nothing like when you leave a show that first 10 minutes because you finally can talk to your best friend or your husband or your wife or whoever. So when you're leaving, that's when you're like, oh, can you believe – because you can't talk to her on the show, right? I mean, you can – whatever. But so I love standing at that door and just – feeling the gratitude that they have that they've especially after covid that they've they're re, they're revisiting music again live performances again so i just love standing at the door and just just reaping all that benefit in of, of people being happy and and celebrating that they're walking out the door that they enjoyed such a, a beautiful performance whatever it may have been now we talked earlier about uh melissa manchester mm -hmm. uh, let's talk about what she wore last year i mean what i mean she was dressed magnificently wasn't she joseph <laughs> david joseph who's watching so <laughs> so david joseph he's the best uh, david joseph i need some special mask made and i need to talk to you about those <laughs> he, he has no time for me anymore <laughs> he's busy oh, doing uh, divas no, no time for the devo here oh, he, um um how do you want others to see you, especially after this interview tonight? That I am just a normal, average guy that cares, that cares about people having a good time, people being happy, and and, and just enjoying life. It's simple. It's really simple. It's really, and, and that's the honest to God truth. It's just like, that's all I want, you know? It's right here. They do it. And... Uh, what is the major uh, lesson uh, that you uh, feel that you've learned uh, that you've been through uh, over the past uh, two years with uh, going through COVID? What is the greatest lesson that you feel that you've uh, gotten from all of that? To just be honest with yourself, to be true to yourself and, and to just to breathe, to just breathe and, and relax and not take anything too seriously because it can be gone in a heartbeat, as we all know. So just to, to breathe and enjoy what the ride may bring, good or bad. Mm, absolutely. Um, beyond the theater community, beyond the gay community, who would be your next community, your next tribe, if you will? I would probably um, go back to all of my friends that I'm still friends with, um, my high school friends, my theater friends wow. that, that are still in my life, but unfortunately I can't see them all the time. But I, I have most of my closest friends are 40 and 50 year old friendships. Um, so I would love to be able to, I would love to put them all in a little commune so that we could celebrate the life that we lived separately, but together, if that makes sense. You know, so so actually go back in time, not even in time. And it's doable. We've talked about it. You know, like uh, so I, I think the the new tribe would be the old tribe getting all back together and living close together and seeing each other every day. And, and, and it's a handful, like probably eight or nine of us that that next tribe would be to spend the rest of our days, not days, but enjoying what we had when we were young. Some of them have married and have children that are adults now and then get back to what we had when we were younger that that helped build us who we are today. And now we can celebrate it together as older folks and because and, and we're still so close, but we just don't have the time, you know. So I think the next tribe would be the old tribe. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Uh, what would make you uh, what would make your life more comfortable and sensual? this weekend and be careful when I speak with sensual, that could be anything it's talk. And when sensual is comfortable, mm -hmm. uh, what, 
are those elements that you would want in your life for a great, comfortable weekend? Um, again, I'll be working all weekend. So just to, again, enjoy the, the drag, uh, Anita Cocktails drag brunch starts this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. So just to sit back and enjoy it. I'm not working as hard, if that makes sense. I'm working more with my brain and working more with, um, without my hands. I'm not busting tables as much. I'm not washing dishes as much. I'm not getting caught up in the hype of, if a table sits dirty for 10 extra minutes, it's okay. I'm learning to do that. So I think this weekend, and I've been practicing and it takes a lot of time for me to, to, to practice this, is to sit back and enjoy and watch what's happening and not necessarily be running crazy, trying to make it all work perfectly. Good for you. That's great. That's something we all need to do. Mm. What is the most important action that you feel that you've taken in the past week towards having a great summer? Listening. Listening to the people around me. And, and, and taking it in and, and not necessarily um, agreeing with everything or disagreeing with everything, but just hearing what people need and want because everyone's, ex everyone's excited for the season and everyone has different views of what the season should be. So just listening and understanding what people need and want for the season, because it's going to be a crazy busy season, I think. Um, so listening to the needs of people is what I've been trying to do exponentially this the last couple of weeks, to be honest with you. So just hearing what the needs are of my uh, of the people around me. Okay. Um, and I think I know the answer to this next question. I think I do. Uh, do you practice gratitude? Oh my God. And if so, can you name four things that you are grateful for today? Um, I am grateful for my family, and I do practice gratitude as much as I possibly can. Um, you know what? I'll start with something that I really I'm gratitude. I'm so grateful for um, still having a relationship with my deceased brother who passed away two years ago. Two years oh. ago, I talked to him every day, and I think I'm closer to him now than I was. What's his name? Jimmy. Okay, Jimmy. Um, so I'm really grateful for that. That it it it, it it's become so strong in my life. Like he was in the restaurant business, so I talked to him and say, "What would you do if you were here? Why aren't you here to help me get through this? What should I do?" And I just all of a sudden things fall into place for me. So I'm grateful that I that I. I'm going to say something. Hold on. Danielle, is, are you still here? My friend Danielle is here. And Danielle is psychic. And Danielle is really able to tap into this. So, uh, I, Danielle, I'm sure if she's still here, she is still here. And maybe she'll see if she picks up something from Jimmy. Um, and uh, no, I'm serious. She's I, no, I, I, uh, I am telling you, Danielle, she things that she's picked up with me. Well, it just uh, she's just amazing. So she'll let me know in a moment. Okay. So I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just want to make sure that she was still here. And no, she no. is. Um, wow, that's amazing. Um, and what else? Gratitude. Uh, my, um, my staff, I'm so grateful. I mean, it, 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 I'm blessed on so many levels and, and, and people say, well, you reap it yourself, but you don't always. And I, I really am so grateful for, from everyone from management, you know, in both places to the staff is just, we have fun. We work really, really hard, but we have fun. And I'm grateful that they enjoy having fun as much as they do working. Cause I think it's so important you know, and of course my family, I mean, my, my, my siblings and my husband, I think that's probably four or five now at this point, but I'm just grateful for my surroundings and I'm, I'm grateful for the energy in P-Town that makes me so happy. That's great. That's all wonderful. Um, next question. How did you find yourself creating uh, this current season? And is there an exciting event that really, inspired you above all others and that's not to take away from any of the others that really made you go oh my god this is going to be a major season one name john mcdaniel really has touched, my, touched me in a way that i can't even explain it and not even just business-wise just that i i just adore him and i just can't even believe that he has become 
a part of my life so fast that he has. And it's not like we're best friends or whatever, but the, the, he has touched me in a way personally and professionally. I'm through the moon that I'm working with him. So, I, you know, John McDaniel. <laughs> and I've got one last question for you. And it is, what is the highest thing of value that you feel that you have achieved in your life thus far? Um, staying who I am since I've, since I was a young person, I still feel like I'm still Jackie Kelly. I, I, I feel like I've been able to maintain, um, the voice that's always been inside of me that I was always afraid to share that, that I can finally talk who I talk about who I really am and voice who I really am. I was always afraid to, because it was inside of me and I always wanted to do nice things and kind things, but I was afraid that people would talk about me or, or think that I was doing it for whatever reason. Now I just don't care. So I think that just being able to celebrate the inner, the voice that was always inside of me now that I can sing it from the roof and, and be who I want to be, taking care of people and doing the right thing by, by people around me. That's great. Uh, Danielle has a comment. She says, the first thing that she sees is a pocket watch and heard it's time. Does that mean anything to you? And she says, probably a personal meaning there. He's very much helping to encourage you in divinely orchestrating the timing of things. Hmm. I don't see a pocket watch, but everything else I agree with. Um, but pocket watch, I don't know of a pocket watch, to be honest. Okay. Well, it's going to come to you when you least expect it. Yeah, exactly. Um, we're going to give away uh, two mugs, uh, uh, one for me and one for the post office uh, cafe. And uh, here it is. We're going to draw this now and uh, we'll see who the uh, winner is today. It's Howard Tucker again. Howard Tucker uh, says he never wins anything. Howard, I will bring you, uh, I'm going to be seeing Howard on Wednesday night. Uh, because uh, we are going to uh, be seeing uh, Ken Page uh, together. I will bring yours to you, and I'll put you in touch with Jack, and uh, he will mail uh, yours to yeah. you. Uh, so I'm going to remove this uh, from here, and uh, I will bring this up here. And, uh, Jack, I've had such a great time with you tonight, mm -hmm. uh, and I'm going to get you Linda Edder. That's my promise to you. Uh, don't be surprised. I'm for life. I can't even tell you. <laughs> it's going to happen. It's going to happen. I make things happen. So uh, just you wait. Um, don't go anywhere for a moment. I've got a few things I want to say. Uh, everyone, thank you for showing up tonight, making a difference. You all make a difference in my life, whether you think you do or not. The fact that you show up, when you could have been anywhere else tonight means the world to me. Uh, and I know that it does to, uh, for Jack as well. Uh, if you are in Provincetown, make sure that the Post Office Cafe and or Tin Pan Alley are both on your itinerary. Uh, you'll have a wonderful time. Uh, if this is your first time here tonight, you can make a huge difference to me if you will consider subscribing to Richard Skipper Celebrates. Uh, my goal is to celebrate uh, people such as Jack and other artists, uh, because Jack, you are an artist. Uh, everybody is an artist. Uh, I celebrate them and their body of worth. Uh, after tonight's show, even if you've left comments here, please go to YouTube and leave a comment there again, because what that will do is that will raise the level and the ranking of this video. Then you can share it as well through YouTube. And if you do that, that will also help increase the ranking of this video. I also end every show by telling everyone to go out and do something nice for somebody else without expecting anything in return. That too will make a difference. Uh, what you can do is go to your Facebook friends list. Jack, I want you to do the same thing. And I want you to reach out to the fourth name that pops up. And I want you to reach out with a phone call, not an, in, uh, an email or an inbox message or private uh, email or anything, but a phone call. And let that person know what they mean to you. Uh, because as I said at the beginning of the show, imagine that 20 years from now, they're not going to be here. They may not be here 20 days from now. 
or 20 months from now. It's important that we cherish these days that we have now. So pick up the phone, call that person, and let they let them know what they mean to you. As my dear friend Sean Moniger always says, we're all in this together, but we're not in the same boat. And you never know what someone else is going through right now. And I always say, if you're going to go out in a boat, make sure you bring a skipper along. So Jack, I'm going to leave the screen and I'm going to give you the final word. Anything you want to say about anything we talked about tonight that you want to build upon, anything that we didn't talk about that you wish we had, or just any message you want to put out to anyone who's watching right now, don't worry about how to end. As soon as you say goodbye, the credits will start to roll. Thank you for being here. Here's to an amazing season at both Tin Pan Alley and the Post Office Cafe. Uh, and uh, as soon as I find out when Linda Etter is going to be there, then my husband and I will make our vacation plans. So we'll see you there. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, have a wonderful evening. And Jack, it's all yours. Thank you. Thank you for everyone that has tuned in and listened. Um, I don't know what to say. I'm overwhelmed, to be quite frank. Um, first of all, I think that Richard does an amazing job of making people feel comfortable and wonderful. And I guess um, maybe that's what I'll end it with, is that if we all try to be fair and kind to one another and make people feel comfortable and feel like they're 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 welcome no matter what they bring to the table um, and just try to understand and, and, and nurture and love people, I think that's all we could ask for at this time in our lives. So thank you very much. And thank you, Richard, so much. And good night, everybody. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>